Welcome back, and here we go for another episode of FileMaker Talk. I always think of you when I hear that guitar. That's you riffing on your guitar. You mean the little backbeat thing? Like the, the reggae no. thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a few guitars going on there. Hey, it's FileMaker Talk. It is. Episodes flying all the time now because we're back. And we're talking about the future, future, future of File, File Maker. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. Clears, 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 clears. Studio, 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 studio. (laughs) Oh, you dropped the name. So we're talking today because yesterday, Claris had a big webinar, over a thousand people on it. And then they released the entire recording to YouTube. So they're really opening up the kimono and talking about what their plans are, which I don't think they've really ever done quite this publicly. Now it's good news. It's good news. Yes. Very good news. And they, they had one big key point in there that I'm super excited about. Yeah, me too. Um, and what I love most about it was that it was deeply technical and they showed everything under the hood about exactly how it's going to work and it included <laughs> very technical. Oh wait, no, that was okay. If people are watching the video, they just saw me, uh, <laughs> It was very, it was very marketing, markety, markety type of stuff. There was very little technical. Which I think it would need to be. Uh, I was disappointed they didn't do even just a brief demo, but that's okay. Uh, well, let's, let's cover some big, big picture points. Well, uh, it's first you can, you can watch the video yourself, which you should do if you haven't seen it, by just going to YouTube and search for Claris Studio. And it because. should come up. Because that's the new name. They gave it a name. Which, we'll, we'll new, get to that point, but uh, let's go in the order of what they uh, presented things as. I mean, this is more or less, to me, I watched the whole thing last night. It's a continuation of what they've already been saying. So they've outlined um, some of the technical aspects, and we can clarify some of those to the best of our knowledge. But, yeah, I think um, in August, right? They did that. The first thing that they released, um, let's see, for those of you that are watching the video, I'm going to jump to certain points in here, and I'm going to bring up the audio. So this is, um, this is Brad just mentioning um, a new program that they have. Next week, we're going to launch the Claris Problem Solver Circle, a first-come, first-serve program. We've never done anything like this, and we think it will fill up fast. But we're giving all of all right. <laughs> all right. So um, the problems solver circle, what did you get in terms of what this was, the explanation or it, it seemed to me that based on the graphic that it was basically like a more of an open communication between uh, the platinum partner or the partner, the client, the IT department of the client. Uh, and so, like someone at Claris, like a you know five different parties were basically listed on the thing, um, that would have some more communication. So inviting, it seemed like they were going to be inviting the client. Well, actually, more specifically, they the new program is I think they're going to allow five hundred clients of our partners. So that's the first hard fact is it's limited to five hundred participants. And the deadline to sign up is like May 3rd, 4th, something like that. So that yeah, wasn't actually clear. Is it 500 individuals or is it 500 companies? 
I think it's 500 companies, but it might be 500 solutions. I signed up and the sign up page says, who's the client, what's the contract number? So they wanna know what the FileMaker license contract number is. So let's talk who's about the... what, what this actually is. I mean, okay. right, off, right off the bat, this to me, this is a beta program. They didn't say oh, yeah, totally. this is our beta program, but this is a Claris beta program for what they're doing with FileMaker Next. We'll just call it now Claris Studio mm-hmm. and the old FileMaker. Right. Or we're going to be calling it old FileMaker, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't think they're changing the name. I think the regular FileMaker product continues and they even have details on that, which were pretty exciting. Which we'll, we'll um, get to that one. We'll get yes, to we that will. one coming up. We so will. this problem solver circle, as far as my understanding is, it goes through somebody that's already in their program. This isn't just anyone that's in the uh, the FileMaker program, the uh, partner program. It, yeah, it really seems like this is a partner program thing. I don't think they said it had to be a platinum, but basically mm. it's it has to involve a partner and a client. So I, I don't think a client can directly sign up, but I might have that wrong. Okay, and so the benefits of this program are... It was two years, right? If you sign up for this two years, you get to use this. It's a two-year beta program that you're using all of FileMaker's suite. But the kicker is at the end of that two years, there is a 30% upcharge, I believe. is The number 30% was thrown out there in terms of when Locates was actually presenting it. I mean, you can watch the video yeah. specifically of what it is, but it's more or less... My understanding was if you had five users now, you join this program, you don't pay anything for a period of two years. At the end of that two years, there's something to do with the 30% mm-hmm. that gets added on, but that's 30% plus however many additional users you had added on. If you went from the five up to 20, you now have a 20 seat or a 20 person license. But I don't get. I didn't get exactly where the thirty percent or how it factors yeah, in. I have no idea either. And I think the other important thing that he mentioned is this is a site license, so it's not. It's not a, a, the other type of traditional license that we have. That's a per user. This mm. would cover all employees in the organization. Site licenses are way the best way to go if you can do them, and and uh, licenses for FileMaker Pro right now. So they definitely have some clarification that will actually have to come out as a result of that, but. Fundamentally, it just sounds like we need to get people in to test what we're yeah. doing. I think a big part of the podcast is you and me kind of comparing notes on what we took from this because parts of it were not super clear. And that's good. I think we should just have a discussion and kind of move on. Yeah. And maybe people can comment or email and tell us, no, you you both are wrong. This is what they said. Um, Definitely. Yeah, so, I think I, this will be a series, right? This is a pretty big thing. So I'm really hoping to get... Uh, a lot more clarity on this as we know more in coming weeks. So the next uh, the next point that I had was is going to lead us into the next one, and this one is uh, Peter Nelson talking about. I want to start by highlighting some of the investments and improvements we are making to the FileMaker product line, and to the processes by which we deliver those products to you. There's an impending FileMaker 19.5 release. It is surely our best FileMaker suite release to date. Okay. So 
In this, he talks about FileMaker 19.5, which they're going to release. It's a, a dot release. And then they have a planned 19.6. And for those who aren't watching the video, I'll read the things that are on the slide that are covered under 19.5, which are coming, I guess, within the next two weeks, their next release of FileMaker. Improved performance and scalability. Okay, nondescript, but not specific. Um, support for Ubuntu 20. Uh, as well as Nginx. Well, I'm excited about that myself. I've I had made a switch decades ago from uh, Apache to Nginx because it's way more optimized. Um, live text and QR code support for iOS and Mac. Now that's basically something they got for free because Apple puts it in the OS and they just hook into it. It probably I don't know what the development effort was. Uh, parallel backups. That's going to be a server side thing, and then over 400 bug fixes. So for the most part, 19.5 sounds yeah. like they've been doing a lot of uh, fixing. Yeah, I didn't realize there was so many open bugs that were small things that needed to be fixed. That's going to be interesting. And so, a lot, there was a lot of little ones that are that have been bugging me for a long time. Like for example, on a really large solution, if you're in layout mode, like if there's hundreds of layouts on Windows, and you and you use the slider to go to a particular layout, it'll just go to the last one. It doesn't go to the one you wanted. Mm. So the only way to the only way to, to go to the correct layout is to open up the dialogue and uh, and then look at the layout list and then click one of them and click open. That is the only way to I'm I'm getting off course. So well, it would be it would be, be nice the, if if they were gonna say we're we fixed four hundred bu bugs I'd like to see a 400-point bullet list. Let me just scan me through that list and see if there's anything that impacts me. That would be wanna, yeah. great. <laughs> I definitely want to know that, too. I mean, but I guess we'll have to... We did that podcast just a little while ago about release notes. I guess we can go to the website and, and look yeah. look at the rele so, release notes, see if they have anything there. I didn't actually think that 19.5 was exciting, but the features they listed for 19.6 were exciting. So script transactions, what do you take from that? Um, I, uh, I think Andy said, uh, if he was the one who presented that, and I don't think he was, much more control over how transactions work at the script level. So this is kind of goes back to like Todd Geis' uh, love affair with transactions from a long time ago and being able to control like how, how a record is um, locked being able to commit the whole transaction at once, where you can, you know, create a record and try to create several related records or change several related records and have the whole thing succeed or fail, I'm th I'm hoping that that's what that is, and they're going to actually have more control over uh, a, a set change. Now that would be in line with what they're planning with being able to support Mongo through ESS because most hmm. everything everything on the web is transactional. You know, whoever's last. Yep wins and yeah so that probably feeds into uh, their migration well I don't know that it's an actual migration or how long they're going to do parallel I mean that's a whole episode itself like you know you still have people on FileMaker 12 uh, right. database software is fundamentally infrastructure and you don't rip a foundation out from underneath the house you have to tear it from the top down so right the other really big thing um, was Improved performance on the server engine to support a thousand concurrent users up from 500. Now that's nondescript. I'm, I wonder if they mean specifically current modern day FileMaker server or if yeah. they're talking about a thousand concurrent on a MongoDB version of what's going nope. to be Claris 
server. I, I, I kind of reviewed this, right? So the whole, the, the Clara Studio is a whole different product. It is a purely web-based development environment. Okay, so that's their that Node React. That's their Pro client. That's their Node the React end, UI in front of Mongo. That's right, and the back end is not FileMaker Server. So it's basically gonna be them taking a whole different set of tools from what they know how to do for database creation tools, none of which will be the FileMaker product. But hopefully it will have some look and feel of, of FileMaker, so there'll be some, um, um, some familiarity. And they said there will be a connection between FileMaker and Clara Studio, but they didn't really talk about what that is. Or what it looks like. But, but I'm just talking about the, when they talked about FileMaker Server 19.6, which is coming, that they're also going to improve the performance. So for those of us who won't be, which is most of us, able to switch our whole solution over to Clara Studio when it ships this fall. Um, oh, I think that's going to be a snail's pace migration for lots yeah. of people. It's basically you're just going to add in the functionality because they're not, they are, their feature suite isn't complete. It's as yeah. they add in new stuff, they need to get people to adopt and use that stuff if they want to get them off of the old and onto the new. Right, and I don't think there's going to be a push button, convert my FileMaker database to no. Studio. No, no, no. <laughs> that's why. That's when I stopped being afraid is I'm like, FileMaker's not going anywhere, the current IDE. Yep. But, you know, are they going right. to keep contributing to it? So, And they, well, on clearly, 196, I mean, they had uh, sign-in with Apple and then user group management for OAuth. And those are both those are both cool, but the performance optimization is to me the th the big thing. So script uh, transactions and uh, scaling the server up two big things for nineteen six. We'll be looking for that, and hopefully they'll throw in a few little uh, extras. You know, give us some some nice stuff in in our current tool. Some of the things you've been. So that leads for. us into the big uh, the big deal, which is mm -hmm. this guy right here. We've decided which, to call it. Claris Studio. Long pause. Claris Studio is going to take its place next to our existing products. And those products going forward will similarly get rebranded as Claris products. Claris Pro, Claris Go, and Claris Server. All right. So... I think there was a little bit of confusion here. There was, I think, some of the questions I saw and for me... So we are going to have Claris Pro and FileMaker Pro. Are they separate products? How much do they cross over? And what does that look like? This is how I take what he just said. There's going to be this new thing, which is entirely web-based, called Claris Studio. FileMaker Pro will be renamed Claris Pro. FileMaker Go will be renamed Claris Go. That's what I take from that. So uh, Pro, Go, and Server are just simply renamed FileMaker, hence or, the yeah, title of our podcast, uh, FileMaker's Dead, Long Live FileMaker. Um, <laughs> you didn't know that I just came up with the title. <laughs> nice. But yeah, so it's the same, Claris Pro is going to be the same FileMaker technology that we've all grown used to, and which, I mean, when you've got a mind share, when you have a suite of people that have dedicated years of their lives into understanding something you don't just like i said you don't rip the foundation out they've got to take advantage of new tech mongo and react that's going to be claris studio now my question is currently they have put into filemaker the preview which is the 
web-based builder, that's React and uh, Node.js, into FileMaker. I'm wondering if they're going to separate or pull that out and call Studio a completely separate product. That's where you're going to work with your new JavaScript UI builder. And FileMaker Pro is going to be Claris Pro, and it's just those two separate things. But they can communicate, as they show, they showed in the slides, via ESS, which is currently in FileMaker Pro, soon to be Claris Pro, and that just talks natively with Claris Studio. So is that what you got? I, yeah, I think so. That does sound right. So for the most part, it's like we've got changes coming, but there's not really changes. It's just one thing new. It's Claris Studio, and that is our JavaScript UI builder for a MongoDB backend. Oh, and by the way, you can access that MongoDB backend, but we haven't told you to what extent via Claris Pro. Right, exactly. That's what it, that's what it sounds like to me, more or yeah. less, which is what they've already announced. They've already said we're using MongoDB as a backend. We've mm -hmm. already known that they're giving the preview of uh, the new builder and that it's JavaScript-based. Yep. So, And that it's going to be vastly more scalable, scalable than FileMaker Pro. Uh, which so the, all the, of the web the tech thousand, has been right. So the, yeah, of course. So the thousand server, thousand client thing is really for FileMaker server. But with this other, um, with uh, Claris Studio, they're talking about vastly more concurrent users. Orders of magnitude was actually the uh, phrase used. And I'm trying to think the other point I was going to make there. Um. And it went out of my head, so maybe I'll bring it up later. So for me, for the most part, everything's pretty... As, as a developer, as a FileMaker developer, to me, everything sounds like, don't worry, it's all the same thing, we're just still working on our new stuff. <laughs> and and you now, we now have a program that introduces it, we want companies to take advantage of it, um, and you know we're just at a wait-and-see point where we see how the MongoDB is technically integrated into... Claris Pro, formerly FileMaker right. Pro. Or, yeah, I, I, there was a little bit in the video where it sort of seemed like for a while there's going to be two different products, Claris Pro and FileMaker Pro, but that may have been just a, a That's not mess up in delivery. Yeah, maybe. I, it seemed to me that they're just going to, in some version release, they're going to rename it from FileMaker Pro to Claris Pro. It will be the exact same thing. It will be FileMaker Pro 19.5 and Claris Pro 19.6, but it will be the exact same thing we use, just with a different name. I, I might be wrong, but that's what I took from it. Okay, so here's one of my big hopes. I really hope they do this. You tell me what you think about this. Mm -hmm. I really hope they design new and different branded icons for these products. If they mm. keep going with their corporate logo to represent the software that you use, I'm like, eh. You're going to get, where's my buzzer? <laughs> I want my buzzer. <laughs> no, don't do that. Come up with a, you know, a very attractive, it's not the type of rebranding I would have liked to see. I would have liked to see a brand new name that's not the company name for right. the product, but well, at least they I could mean, do they the icon gonna... or the, the <laughs> visual imagery now. They said they were going to call it Claris Pro, so... So it's Claris we'll Pro, but let's get a Claris Pro look. Something yeah, that's... I get you. I'm looking in my doc, and like not a single program 
is the company icon. They're all their own thing, you know. Yeah. One password, Chrome, even Teams, you know. And I hate to be Mr. Debbie Downer, but I, I'm just, I've never been a fond of the cabbage. I just, it's not. <laughs> you mean the Pac-Man? <laughs> yeah, the, the Pac-Man, Pac-Man eating the Pac-Man eating the Pac-Man eating the Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Or looking, maybe looking from at a rose down from the top. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, there's two other really cool, fun things that we haven't got to. Let's talk about those. All right. So the next thing is this, which is pretty interesting. So we'll take a listen here. Most of the people who come Oops, uh, let me get that sound. Clara Studio will be users of the applications that you build. They won't be developers. Those users, when they log in with their new Claris login, will see what we're calling hubs internally right now. All right, so what did you get from this? This so you've got to have a Claris login. Okay, there's we've got we've got on-prem. They basically mm-hmm. said we're not ignoring on-prem, but what we're doing first with Claris Studio and everything is, you know, it's going to be on our stuff. We have to manage this. We have to control it. We want to get people in this program, get them using it. So on-prem is on hold. You won't be able to play with it. But then they talked about these things called hubs. Hubs. And so what was your takeaway on this? Well, they gave some examples of, of like a CRM hub and an inventory hub, I think, something like that. So it seems to me that like those are modules. They're more like, what we would call database files now, um, but maybe different than that, and and certainly not like a certainly not like a Claris Connect flow, uh, you know, vastly bigger than what that could be. Not really sure, but it did seem like they were like when you logged in, they would be icons that would do sets of tasks, and that's where the code would live. And I wonder. I mean, this is. Uh, when they say, you know, we've got uh, this PR, I'm looking at the, the slide right now on screen, and it's got a, a um, it says purchase required, repurchase required or requested hubs or something. It's got a new PR hub and approved PRs, a budget overview dashboard. Yeah. So my take is that they're, they're, they're these little componentized things. I wonder if they all fit with under your license if they're individually developed by third parties or by Claris themselves, I wasn't clear on who's actually doing the creation of these things. But from the standpoint of how they integrate together, my guess is from a tech standpoint, they're wanting to leverage the investment they made into Claris Connect. And so they're going to use that in order to wire up between whatever they're building in Claris Studio with MongoDB, and that's going to be part of their automation process. And now it's such that FileMaker is just one of the things that fits in. You can build a UI in FileMaker. You can also build a UI in Claris Studio. And by the way, the way that you're going to hook up to the rest of the world is through our Claris Connect and our workflows. If they're going to take advantage of their investment there. There was a really small uh, reference to Claris Connect. It was definitely on there. but I don't really know how prominent it's going to be. In other words, I don't. I, I sort of doubt that Claris Connect is going to be the way that FileMaker talks to Claris Studio. That oh no, weird. yeah, the, the way that FileMaker currently, which will be Claris Pro, communicates, they're going to do that straight through ESS, and hopefully with whatever they expose, you can just directly hook into the MongoDB and communicate. 
Um, it's just the UI and how the user interacts with it, which they've got the the first thing that they're going to release th through these um, hubs, as they call them, I think, is an anonymous hub, which is basically just mm -hmm. your standard, like a Google form. I'm a teacher. I need to collect information from the parents of my students about how many parents are coming to my um, thing that I'm hosting here. And so you just right. need to get a form up. You need to get it quick. And you don't need to pay a license for these 20 or 30 other parents to just give you some information. Right. So and they need no a form. authentication, right, in that. Yeah. But, I mean, could you build a, a store? You know, well, I guess maybe not. If the, You couldn't build anything that has any kind of authentication where you can log in. Um, not currently, but, but eventually that will be part of studio i would presume because they yeah, want to compete. Those actually be users right so like if let's say you wanted to build something you didn't want to use etsy or whatever and you wanted to build your own little store of your products and you wanted to build it in clara studio and you wanted your customers to be able to re-log in and see their history of their orders uh and store credit cards and things like that it doesn't seem like you'd be able to do that without buying a full license for that user which is not gonna be cost effective wow that's an interesting i, I might have that wrong that's an interesting idea. I don't think they're thinking in that direction, but if they made if they made their architecture componentized, well, which React is components, but I mean pluggable so that third parties could actually tie and integrate in, that would be pretty nice. But all I got from the hubs was basically they're going to have things that are created. I don't know who's creating them, but they're all going to tie in and can communicate with each other, which would right. make sense anyway. Um, but that that was hubs. Yep. Next big point. Next big one is my favorite. Yeah, me too. It is my favorite. Here we go. We want people to be able to get to success building their solution without impediments. That's driving us to offer a freemium version of Claris Pro, free access to Claris Studio for a single user. That will allow you to build your solution, prove your ability to be successful to yourself, fall in love with the platform, and we will bill you only when you want to deploy your solution into production. Woo -hoo -hoo. I know. By the way, he said Claris Pro and Claris Studio, didn't he? Yeah. I'm the, he so said the full the, suite. Yeah, the full he suite. said like server. I hope. I would think. I don't know if it's off prem. Uh, you know, on prem server or. Mm, fundamentally, it's fundamentally, it's an opening for people to get in, mess around with the tools, use the stuff, and build things. And not have it expire and go away after a, a month or whatever. Or, yeah, just, I mean, not feel limited. Like, you mm -hmm. know, why do I have to pay for this to play? And then right. I, I did notice that uh, at the end, which we I don't have a, a thing in here we'll, where we'll cue the audio, but he uh, a question was asked about testing and needing users in, though. He acknowledged that that is one of the things when you develop something, you need to test, you know, different levels of permissions, different levels of, levels of access and have maybe somebody come in and do quality control in order to test your app. So they're aware of that. They'll address it. But the whole point is here. You will be able to download Claris Pro, a la FileMaker Pro, and mm -hmm. basically start to use it, develop something for free for yourself, single user. This mm -hmm. is this to me is wonderful. This is the person that says, "Yeah, you can use Claris. Go do that." And it's that one, um, you know, 
person who wants to start their recipe database and they start to watch a few educational videos, they can be mine. They cannot be mine, but <laughs> they go That'll watch those videos and they learn the tool. And now they have the experience, the expertise, the knowledge, and they can do something for somebody else. Yep. That's what I always wanted for them to do. Now, yes. it'd be nice if they'd go up more than one. I mean, go, what, what's the cost to you to do two people? Hey, starting point, man. I'm, I'm so <laughs> thrilled that this is something that you've brought up uh, at least twice on podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> before, or maybe 20 times. And I, I'm thrilled that they're doing it. I mean, it's just, it, it just has always made sense. When you can pick up and watch videos about any other web technology, go download and install and start using the software, do exactly what a video tells you what to do, but you can't do it with Claris products, that's a barrier. It's a barrier yeah, cool. to entry. So that was, I think, the, then there was one other thing on the problem solver circle, which they are, are also started with. And then they talked, I think they answered questions. And was there anything else content-wise? Yeah, um, the, the problem solver circle, I think I have a little snippet here that I pulled out. And let's play that one. This was Andrew uh, It Lepates. is a new program that we're kicking off that Brad mentioned at the top of the meeting called Problem Solvers Circle. This program shares a common goal with product vision that Peter just shared with us. It is to remove barriers to adoption of Claris. But it's also about our core strategy that Brad discussed, empowering you, our developer community, to use Claris for continuous improvement within your organizations and with your customers. So at this point, this is this is the point where he went into uh, the the thirty percent and some of the details. So if you're interested, you can go to the timestamp on this is at the twenty uh, twenty minutes and forty three in on the video, um, talking about that. I mean, I would have to let it play for for us to get more of the details yeah. about this particular one, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just that they were pushing this program. They, they, they want to get people testing this tech. I mean, you always have to have somebody testing your tech mm -hmm. in order to make sure it works and where to improve and what to do. So that's all I had on that. Was there anything else specific you were thinking of? No, but I'm looking at other things that you found. Like, uh, I actually didn't hear the whole on-prem thing of Clara Studio. I figured it was just only ever going to be sir, uh, cloud. But you heard that it will sometime, that there will at some point be an on-prem version, huh? I think I think that's the plan. I mean, I don't I don't know how they would, I don't know how they would be able to pull off going full SaaS. You have so many people that have invested into a technology that there are just situations where you don't want it on somebody else's servers. And that is a, that to me is a big advantage. It's a key advantage that they should hold on to. The fact that you don't have to be on somebody else's cloud. You can be on your things that you control. Yeah. But what they've what they're putting in place is they're doing everything I would presume that they're doing everything container based, which is the smarter way to go. So they're going to set that up, make sure that it works for them if cuz you're if you're going to manage FileMaker in a container, FileMaker server, and a MongoDB instance in a server because you'd have to have both of them running if Claris Studio and Claris Pro are being used, mm -hmm. then they want to make sure that they get that all locked down and that it works before they release an on-prem product, which I'm fine Great. with that. So yeah, 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 I agree. It makes sense that way. Um, let's see. Uh, they've got one other, a uh, couple other 
time stamps here. These are just things that I think may have been at question points, but we can take a listen to them. And one of them answers a question that I might be wrong about it. Yeah, this is a this is a question here that was with regards to is Claris Pro different from FileMaker Pro, and it's Peter Nelson responding. Uh, is Claris Pro a complete? Let me get this sound up here. Different product from FileMaker Pro 19. It depends on what whoever asked that means. I, I would say no. The, the way I would think about it is Claris Pro is FileMaker 19 that integrates with Claris Studio. And for as far ahead as we can see, the FileMaker 19, um, not just brand, but product line will live on, will continue to get feature and functionality updates um, in sync with Claris Pro. All right. So, yeah, I mean, he's... It is, that is what I thought. So... Claris Pro is FileMaker Pro, but when he was talking, it, it almost sounded like he said FileMaker Pro will continue on, but Claris Pro seemed like it was something else, and I think that was just a, a delivery issue. That's interesting. So I think earlier they said they're just going to straight up rename it, but what you're suggesting is that there might actually be a FileMaker Pro that does not have Claris Studio compatibility and a Claris Pro that does. That Otherwise was what I was unclear about. Yeah, me too. Because the way that he delivered it, I, it sort of seemed mm -hmm. like he's saying, okay, FileMaker Pro is going to go, but are they going to pull like the best of the technology out of FileMaker Pro and continue on with a different binary? But I don't think that's the plan. We'll have to get clarification. Yeah. There was one other big thing that we didn't talk about, which is that they, want, they don't want you uh, uh, to be able to buy all these individual products like you can now, right? You'd buy... Uh, FileMaker, and then maybe a different kind of a server. There's all these tons of SKUs on their price list. Instead, you buy one thing, which is the entire Claris product line. Yep. Uh, I will see how it's priced. I think their pricing is fairly reasonable for like what for all the work that we've done in the past with it. Um, but now they're going to give you more, so they're going to charge more. It's probably not going to be 900 bucks a year anymore for five users. But um, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I agree. There was a, a whole brouhaha a little while ago. There were like a number of developers that would leave FileMaker platform because they thought that, you know, they kept, they kept increasing the prices. I mean, obviously, they're having to stay in business, which I understand the increase. But, you know, some people do get priced out at a certain point mm -hmm. when you've got to charge for the technology. And when you truly look at what you're paying for in terms of how many things hook into technologies that in order to get those same things up and running with any other technology set, I'm sorry, it doesn't happen. It absolutely doesn't happen that quick. I mean, it is getting a little bit easier. I mean, we talked about, we talked with Chris in the previous podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they have actual AI that will write code for you. And there will be a point in time where you can basically, like watching a sci-fi movie, say, computer, I need a program that will do this, 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 and this. And it can, can put that all together, and it just works. But that's way far future. So yeah, Months and months away, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a week. <laughs> I mean... Tens right. of thousands of months. I don't know. <laughs> so here's another uh, another response that was with regards to uh, Claris, 
Clarice on prem, and I made a little note that this is basically because they're using, uh, they're more than likely using a container based architecture uh, with MongoDB and JS in the cloud. And this is Peter responding to uh, that particular question. And what do you foresee with regard to Let me get Clarice this sound Studio support for on prem? So, again, focus, focus, focus is, is something we're actively practicing internally here. Um, so day one version of Clara Studio, it's cloud only. It is. And we're going to, as Brad mentioned, we've got to get out to data centers around the planet first and make sure we can coat the globe with Clara Studio goodness. Um, so, yeah, he basically said there was nothing that was said to make me think that on-prem will not be a thing. So if you want to run your own MongoDB containers running Claris Studio, my guess is that's going to be an option. I think I also heard that at this point it's only going to be in the U.S. West data center. Yeah, the so. the one that they the that they're showcasing in the next two weeks from. Yeah, that'll be one of the one of the two in California, or there's one in Oregon. Anyway, so it'll be one of those. So um, which you know, I applaud I applaud this whole process. I mean, having been involved with everything up to the point of when Brad took over, there was so much that was just shrouded in secrecy. And the rest of the industry had already made this move of, hey, folks, here, go read our blog. Here's what yeah. we're working on. Here's Road what's map. coming. And now they have not, not only stepped into that role, but they're saying, you know, as soon as we're developing this, we're putting it out there. We develop a little bit, and it's out there. And it's developed out mm -hmm. there. And I will give you every degree of latitude and forgiveness if something doesn't work because the transparency is wonderful. Yep. I'm, I agree totally. Yeah. So. That's, that's my... That and the freemium version are my two biggest takeaways from this whole thing. Yep. Very much so. You have one more point? I do. Uh, and this final point was just, it was a, a part of this Q&A at the end, and it's dealing with um, if you have any question about uh, Clarice's marketing position with regards to FileMaker. This is uh, Brad responding about that. And go to market perspective. Um, we, we really want to do well with small and medium-sized businesses and be a great solution for them. So, so our focus is not Fortune 500, if that's what, what is meant by big IT. That said, we're in most of the Fortune 500 today, and I think this will make us increasingly attractive there. Um, we will be fine pursuing that market opportunistically, uh, but strategically, our, our focus will be on, on small through medium-sized businesses. That includes schools, governments, uh, higher education for the, the foreseeable future. And that, that again, is just, that to me is heartwarming to, to hear, yeah, hear them say, okay, you know, we're not so jealous that we need to go be Salesforce. Yep. They've got that market Focus. covered. We know what our strengths are. We know who's using our software. And I was just really appreciative. I mean, that was... Yeah. I, file, FileMaker's success is to, is to solve a large part of the widget for a small to medium organization rather than some little utility that does one thing, right? All the, all the most successful things I've done for clients have been, oh, let's create a FileMaker database that does all the stuff you need, you yep. know, runs. And then except the ones that make no sense, right? So we're going to connect to your QuickBooks, 
Um, there's certainly cases where FileMaker-based accounting system is what you want, but most of the time, connecting to QuickBooks is great. Uh, and integrating with all these other things that are that are that are standard, you know, Google Calendar, uh, Slack, whatever you you do. But all the things that are super custom and unique to your organization, that's FileMaker's bread and butter and its best feature. Yeah, and they're we uh, have to start calling it. They didn't use the word FileMaker hardly at all. We gotta we have to wash our mouth and and change to Claris. Oh, it'll it'll probably... like it. <laughs> FileMaker's dead. Long live FileMaker. I have. I'm gonna have to think of. Well, I already have a domain that I could use for uh, switching FileMaker magazine to uh, something else. But uh, it, it like it doesn't bother me. I imagine uh, some people it may bother more. But uh, FileMaker, the word FileMaker, I'm okay with it going away. Yeah, I mean, me you look at enough tweets uh, on, uh, and I'm, I don't spend a ton of time on Twitter, but I've got a uh, particular search that is set up in a program I have that anytime the word FileMaker is mentioned, and you look at a lot of the, the responses that other people who have not used FileMaker, who are not in our you know FileMaker developer market, and they're just like, oh yeah, isn't that thing, isn't that that thing from, and then go yeah. 80s, go 90s, or whatever, yeah. that's that old piece... And they just haven't kept up with how much more capable FileMaker is than what their preconceived notion is. Yeah, like in the 90s, or mm-hmm. even maybe before, when it was a Mac-only, you know, barely relational database. Uh, and then, but it, at that time, it was extremely well-known because there wasn't a lot of competition. Yeah, no, it was, it was Access, right. a few others, Paradox. Right. And most of them are gone. Yep. And then, you know, FileMaker saw definitely the last man standing in that market, but quietly continue to build all these other features that those people didn't know. So I have a lot of friends who are in IT who don't take FileMaker seriously because they still think it's what it was in 1993. Yes. And yet you've run what? What's what the highest record database? Would you put two, 10 million records in FileMaker or something like that? Oh, uh, two, two billion. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I've never, I've never even gone past a couple million. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have we have clients who have tens of millions of log records. Oh, uh, man. And I have I I just wanted to do a test, so I built a test with a couple of billion records. Do you silo those? Do you get do you archive them? Like uh pull stuff off just, or do they like, maintain that much uh disk space? Oh, for tens of millions? Yeah, for the like older logs, like you know, many no, they, times I, You'll push that stuff off, and if you need to reference it, you'll go reference it separately and not keep it as part of the live system. Uh, I think we actually put it to a log server. I'm trying to remember. Like when it gets to a certain point, you can just spin up a server just for the log file. Yeah. Um, because it's it's highly unlikely to crash if it just has a log file that only is having records made in it. And then you can have inexpensive disks on it. Um, because it's not you don't really do reading from it. That's very different than a normal database where ninety five percent of the work done is reading. In a log server, you know, ninety five percent of the work is creating a log record that you that you then very rarely uh, look at. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think some of those logs have not been purged. They have a decade or more of very very detailed information just online, and you can go back to the beginning. Cool. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much to uh, to Claris. Let's get let's put that on there just for the people who are on the. Uh, I. Oh, there it is, right there. 
just for those who are on the video, I just scrubbed the little slider, and of course, you know, YouTube's trying to tell me what other video it wants to suggest to me. But uh, thanks to the Claris folks for uh, for the preview. I think the the webinar personally could have been a little bit more clear, um, but uh, we got the information, and hopefully, yep. we didn't say anything that was wrong <laughs> in our did, podcast here. Us. <laughs> I put a call on um, LinkedIn too for uh, more guests, and several people have responded. So I'm going to be doing some other interviews coming up. Oh, cool! Well, definitely. And if you have uh, if you have anything you want uh, FileMaker Talk to, oh, FileMaker Talk. What are we going to do? Rename to Claris Talk? Um, <laughs> I didn't even think about that one, but <laughs> I guess uh, I did. better check that out. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, and have that nice. There we go. And now, baby.